Welcome to Two Sweaty Men Complaining About the Weather. My name's David, and as always, I'm joined by the diaphoretic Matt. Bloody warm, isn't it? <laughs> it's too hot, Matt. It's too, too hot. hot. It's too hot. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, I mean, do we, do we want to just get it over and done with early doors? Uh, I, I, I'm sat in my pants. I've, uh, I'm on the shandy. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know... <laughs> Welcome to I'm Neither the Time Nor the Space, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'll regret it because we're just it's when we're not complaining about the weather, we'll be complaining about Torchwood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. You know what? I was gonna I was gonna save it to the end to the normal um because you know, if 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 you're a regular listener and you listen to the very end of our podcast, you'll you'll hear me tell you what we're going to be talking about in the next episode. But I thought I would give uh, listeners a little heads up early doors. Um, we're taking a little break from Torchwood uh, next episode because we both need it. Frankly, I yeah. think. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't know about I'm you. I don't like. Weirdly, this week we had our biggest ever mm. day for downloads. How? I, Did I, I? I'm worried the project's on its ass, David. <laughs> well, we thought we'd... When, when I was I, editing I last just... week's show, <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. didn't bother turning up. Like, what was wrong with me last week? <laughs> I think we're both just a bit ground down, to be honest. By, yeah. by, let's keep, it, uh, let's by keep it going this week. Let's keep the mood, like... It is shandy weather. <laughs> Let, let's keep the mood positive. It really is. Indeed. That's what I'm going to try and do. Um, but in to that end, listeners, I decided... Um, well, for context, in addition to needing a break from Torchwood, um, as you know, Matt, it's, it's an anniversary year for Doctor Who. Mm. You know, 60th is coming up. We've got some specials on the way. Um, but if I'm being honest... I'm not feeling it. I don't know about you, Matt. I'm not. I'm not feeling the party atmosphere within the fandom. It might be that I'm. I'm not really on as many social spaces as I used to be, uh, so I'm not engaging with it as much. But yeah, what about you, Matt? I don't know. It's kind of there for me because this is my first one. Oh, I guess it is for you. Um, yeah, I'm not saying I, yeah. I go to work every day and I'm like. Guess how many days we've got left? No, no. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's kind of in the back of my mind. Uh, yeah. Like I say, we're just killing time with Torchwood till that, aren't we? Yeah, pretty much. So I thought, as a as a little as a little preamble, as just a, a, an extra anniversary uh, treat, I wanted us to tackle uh, big finishes take on a multi-doctor 50th anniversary uh, story which was um uh, a one-off called the light at the end um so i wanted to say this up front a to let listeners know if they wanted to uh, procure a copy of that if you haven't already and you wanted to listen in advance feel free to do so i apologize because i know this is this is on the pricier end of big finish releases um, I mean, the standard edition, not so much. The special edition certainly is. Um, and generally, when we do big finish stuff, I like to try and stick to the stuff that is 
in the lower price bracket stuff that's been out for longer. Um, but honestly, if it is one of my go-to examples of comfort who, uh, the light at the end. So I thought I'd just chuck it in there just to give us a bit of proper Doctor Who, something a bit fun, something a bit anniversary-ish. Um, and yeah, just just have a little bit of a palate cleanser because, you know, week after week of Torchwood grimness is wearing me down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so... What, um, I, what I really worry about is the impact it's having on our friendship. Like, <laughs> through the week, one of us... Like, I, I'll text you and I'll just say, how's mm-hmm. it going? We're on for this weekend. Are you having a good week? And you would be like, no, it's not a good week. I'm watching Torchwood. My day is ruined. Why are we doing this? <laughs> So then I think I'll, I'll just leave that be for a week. And the next week you'll text me and it'll be like, how's it going? You're okay. I'm just like, why are you making me do this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's where we are, where we are, Matt. I, I, I would say, what is it? It's like our 10 our year friendship at this point. I, I, yeah. I would say a real hallmark of our friendship is its jocular tone. And I'm worried. I'm worried, David. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not looking good, is it? Look, it's But at the end of the day, it's... I was in two minds about doing this, Matt, because on the one hand, it's a breather. On the other, it does mean that, that we're dragging Torchwood out for another couple of weeks. It's okay, because um, I've... I've yeah. booked a holiday the first week of the school holidays. So there mm. might be a weekend. You might be doing the Torchwood Series 2 finale just on your own. <laughs> oh, God. I'd just sack the whole thing off. No, you, you've got to do an hour 15. That's our average length oh. of just witty banter <laughs> on your own. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's this... Um... There's, there's no better form, form of banter than one person just Solo talking to banter. themselves for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> what what about four years of in-jokes? Is that better than one person doing a solo <laughs> banter? Uh, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Mm. I don't, I, I genu- I've said it before. I'll say it again. I genuinely don't know why anyone listens to us. No. I mean, you're spoiled for choice when it comes to Doctor Who podcasts. Um, we're, we're not the most insightful, we're not the funniest, we're, we're certainly not the best produced. No, no, going back to last week's episode, I don't know if you listened to that, David. I did not, to be honest. Uh, I, I edited in some music, so yeah. the Marty McLean theme tune, and when we talked about the Steptoe and Son theme tune, so I edited mm-hmm. that in, it was absolutely seamless, but then when I got to the end of the editing... I wanted to put a little bit at the beginning, just like saying, hello, everyone, mm-hmm. we're really sorry. You might be able to hear David's dog. But I don't know yeah. what I did, but when I shuffled everything forward, like 10 seconds, it didn't shuffle the music. So we're just talking oh, no. then with no context. The Steptoe and Son theme plays, like, over us. And then we go, yeah, we, we'd probably recommend this piece of music. And then there's, like, 15 seconds of silence. <laughs> so, um, I did uh, go did back in it, and, or is that how it... and then change yeah. it. So, hopefully, right. 
If, basically, if you're sad enough to listen to us on day of release, you deserve that. <laughs> if you've got nothing better going on in your life, you deserve poor <laughs> editing in your podcasts. I'm going to be honest, Matt. I haven't listened back to one of our edited episodes for probably getting on for a year mm-hmm. at this point. I, I For a while... I, I would listen back to them. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I, I don't know that it's... I don't think it's that I don't care. It, it's more just that, like, I I know what this will be. I don't I don't need to be reminded of it. Yeah, that's um, it. And yeah. The thing is, for me, I have the conversation, then I edit the conversation, and I don't need to listen to it a third time. No. <laughs> Once is surely enough for anyone. Right, we've done 10 minutes um, uh, without doing yeah. anything. Uh, so how's your week been? Oh, how has it been? Um, and by week, I mean it, fortnight. It, We're halfway work, through the year and yeah. I'm still not used to saying I that. I mean, work's been pretty awful. Mm-hmm. Um, not going to lie, you know, uh, working in the uh, university sector right now in, in an administrative capacity when there's... Um, a lot of industrial action going on, which, to be clear, I do support academics' uh, right to take industrial action. I think, you know, everyone should have the right to take industrial action uh, when they feel it's necessary. And I do think a lot of the reasons why they are taking the action they're taking is extremely valid. Having said that, it does make an awful lot of extra work for us admin types. So, <laughs> it's on a just day-to-day level... There's the basic grind, and then there's the 50% additional grind on top of it um, to deal with all of that. But um, anyway, it's, it's, yeah, it's all right. Other than that, just, yeah, just trying to enjoy things. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you what I can t- tell you about. Uh, I'm just going to let the dog out first, and then I should tell you. One second. So... Just, yeah, just in case you were wondering who let the dogs out, all this time it's been David. Yeah, who knew? Yeah. Who knew, eh? Oh, I bet you good money, Matt, that that, that dog is basically just going to wander out into the garden, stand there we go, and start <laughs> shouting. <laughs> That's not why we open the door, boss. That's not why we do it. In you come. I'm going to bribe you with sausages. Sorry in advance, listeners. There's going to be a lot of this. Nah, whip you, whip you a class, as we were saying. This show. <laughs> they might as well just give us, like, oh. BBC Podcast Award now. <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, that's what I was going to tell you about. Um, my partner and I did splash out uh, last week. Got ourselves uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, you've beat me we, to it. Yeah. Because the thing is, we we were going to wait until certain um, life admin stuff had been sorted. And then we were just like... <sighs> I want to play it now, though. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's what's happening. Um, well, today, yeah, I've, I've, um, this yeah. is what I've been doing today. And I, if mm-hmm. needs be, I can drop them around your house. I bought from eBay 
some illegal amiibos. Oh, nice. Yeah. So... Is that just to unlock additional content? Yeah, they're basically... The, instead of being beautiful figures, they, they look like mobile phone SIM cards. Uh, <laughs> right. But they only unlock one item a day. So some of them unlock, like, full sets of armour, but you have to do it sequentially to get everything. Let me tell you, David, right. opened a lot of boxes of fish today. <laughs> so, yeah, illegal amiibos, I did not know. I did not know that was that was an option, to be honest. Yeah, well, I, I looked at getting one, because I, uh, I was like, I really hmm. would like the traditional green you know, Ocarina of Time, the Zelda set. And I think I'm right in saying, in the game, that's down in the depths and it's really hard to get. And I'm a lazy guy. Right. So. Um, that's fair I think enough. the best thing I unlocked today was from Link's Awakening. I got a big cartoon head. So I'm running mm. around like Frank Sidebottom <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Sometimes. I think I'm the scourge of Hyrule. <laughs> right. People are just going around minding their business. I'm pushing them off cliffs, putting them in boxes and <laughs> shooting them with rockets. Oh, David, I love that game. I think it's yeah, it, it's fantastic. Have, have I, you done I'm any of the on. big temples yet, or are you just doing shrines at the moment? We, we've only had it, I think, five days and we average about an hour a day okay. is what we what we're able to do so we last night we literally um finished the last of the sort of starter shrines and have just entered entered the temple of time so we're basically still in the tutorial all uh, right see what i did was because i have no life was finished work, got home at four o'clock and played it eight hours a day till midnight for a week. <laughs> uh, I if if our lives were different, mm. I absolutely I think that's what would have happened. So we we did something very similar when Breath of the Wild came out, but we we were in a very different phase of our lives when Breath of the Wild came out. Mm. Absolutely. So. Um, yeah, but no, suffice it to say, it's a great game. Great yeah. game. At the um, moment, my, my older brother's playing Breath wait. of the Wild because he's not played that, I think. Um, right. So, yeah. the thing is, him talking about that makes me want to play Breath of the Wild again. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I It's too early for me to say you know, far too early for me to say whether I prefer Tears of the Kingdom to Breath of the Wild, but there was, I think, um, a purity to Breath of the Wild. And I get the sense that with Tears of the Kingdom, they felt the need to cr to, to outdo it by mm -hmm. throwing in a load of extra stuff. Um, and certainly that makes it more -er, but I don't know that it makes it better -er. Uh -huh. But you know, remains to be seen. I'm when you know by the time I've completed it or whatever, I might feel differently about that. But uh, to to me, I, I I distinctly remember spending sort of probably not even a full hour with Breath of the Wild and immediately being convinced that I was playing the greatest video game of all time. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, that's that's a, that's a tricky thing to top, isn't it? Yeah. We'll see. We'll, we'll check back in in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Now, well, but we might have completed the Temple of Time by then. Yeah. <laughs> Spe- speaking of new things, David, I, I got up early yeah. yesterday. I drove Congratulations. to Darlington. And right. I queued for an hour to mm-hmm. pre-order the new edition of Warhammer 40,000. I, I was third in the queue. <laughs> okay. Now, let me tell you, David. Right. What type of characters do you think queue outside a games workshop at 8 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> I can picture them vividly, Matt. Oh, David. Because... The- yeah. If I had a pen and a paper, I could have written a sitcom there and then. <laughs> the full spectrum of the human condition was on show there. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it wasn't just one particular slice of it. Well, let me tell you. First in the queue, dedicated dad got up early to buy it for his son. Oh, that's nice. Second in the queue... Lady, about 60, 65 year old, queuing for her mm-hmm. 40 year old son. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. Okay, he's used her Don't as a placeholder. Third in the queue was me. Yeah. Fourth in the queue was. I don't know, the, the human embodiment of body odour. <laughs> yeah. Then. You had a wide... You'll know exactly what I mean here. Little skinny men with big, massive girlfriends. <laughs> they were on show. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it was just... It was amazing. It was a spectacle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I uh, I, I went prepared, knowing that was going to happen. So, I went and got mm-hmm. myself, like, a bacon and sausage sandwich, got myself a coffee, headphones in... New episode of My Adventure in Space and Time. I was like, I'll just stare at the floor for an hour and I'll just get this and leave. But Mm -hmm. what I didn't realise was when I'd finished my coffee, the bin was about five, six yards away from me, but it was the other side of the road. So when I went, everyone was like, he's lost his place in the queue. So ultimately... I just went, oh, fuck off, and got back in the queue. <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I'm not Bruce Willis, but if push comes to shove, I fancy my chances here. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably a reasonable assumption. Yeah. So I just sort of muttered under my uh, breath. I was like, I'm only going to the bin. I'll be in the queue again, thank yeah. you. So I and tell me, Matt, are you satisfied with your boxes of little plastic men? David, I haven't even got it yet. Two week pre order. Oh, what? Yeah. So uh, basically, so, so what you did, basically, what you did was stand in a queue for an hour for a bit of paper in order to have your name that says I owe you a some more <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So it's and the worst bit is. I went early, worried it was going to sold out. Going to sell out. Sorry, it sold out this afternoon. Yep. A full, nearly forty-eight hours later. <laughs> I 
could have done that from my phone in bed. Yeah. Well, you know, I admire your dedication, Matt. I don't know that I'm that dedicated about anything these days. Do you know what? I, I'm not really, but because I play once a month with like a group of close friends and I mm. was just worried the group was going to miss out. We just need one copy of the new rule book, and then we can all play. So I was like, "Yeah, everyone else has got kids and stuff. So I, I was like, I'll be the one. I'll go cute. Turned out they'd all ordered it off their phones. So. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, but that, hey, that's life, isn't it? It certainly is. It yeah. certainly is. Right. What are we going to do next? Are we doing Meal of the Fortnight? Are we doing That's B-Sides the Point? Um, well, I've not prepared anything for either. So, right. Uh, let, let me start go That's B-Sides the Point whilst you think about it. Okay. Because yeah, go going it. back to what we were talking about, about listening to old episodes. Mm-hmm. Right. When we did our Desert Island Discs... I yeah. put in a song by Arcade Fire, and it turns did, it turns yes. out the the lead singer of Arcade Fire has been exposed as a bit of a wrongun. And then, oh dear! Yeah, and then I'm certain in one episode, I was saying that I do a fantastic impersonation of Rammstein singing their song "Summer," <laughs> and it turns out this week the lead singer of Rammstein's been exposed as a massive wrongun. So I just want to distance <laughs> myself from all the massive wrongons that I've. <laughs> unknowingly supported in my life uh it's unfortunately it's one of the pitfalls of ever engaging in any content of any kind ever i've spent spent this afternoon burning my i love philip schofield (laughs) t-shirts it's it's a coin flip every time isn't it yeah any person in the public eye it does it seems like there's a 50 50 Chance that they, they might one day turn out to be a wrong one. Well, I, I, I was talking um, to the guys that we do the after show with because there was yeah. a gig in York where I was like, oh, I remember this guy. Like, I, I've liked a couple of his songs. I wonder what he's been up to recently, what his new stuff's like. Googled him. Uh, it turned out he'd been cancelled for, like, sexual misconduct. That's why he's not doing big <laughs> gigs and he's just doing little intimate venues. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love it when you when you pop on a certain person's uh, Wikipedia page and without knowing any of their personal history, or anything, and then there's a whole subsection uh, entitled something like uh, sexual misconduct allegations. Yeah, <laughs> you know, David, on, on my like, phone. Okay, this isn't right. even a joke. On my phone, right? For about the past ten years, uh, I got it when I went to Australia. And I don't know how mm. to delete it from my phone. I've got the greatest hits of Rolf Harris. Oh my god. Yeah, here we go. Should I put Timey Kangaroo down spot on? I'd, I'd rather you didn't. I'm, I'm more of a Jake the Peg man. Oh, if you want Jake the Peg. Oh god. Like, I uh... don't know how. I, I'm, I'm good with technology, but. I can't delete that. It keeps coming back. (laughs) 
just haunted by the spectre of Rolf Harris. Yeah, every time. <laughs> Everywhere and you it's go. it's always, it's always when I'm giving my boss a lift or I've met, so, made a new friend and I'm giving them a lift somewhere. I'll be like, the perils of shuffle. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so presumably it's a Rolf Harris track as your B-side to the point uh, selection this no, week. No, That's what we, that's uh, what we get into. I can't remember what I picked. I just wanted to make a point about that. Um, oh, I do right. remember. So this week, David... One of my all-time mm-hmm. favourite bands, who weirdly did not appear in my Desert Island discs, and I've never nominated for that's besides the point. Um, a band called Alkaline Trio. You might know them, you might not. Uh, they, I'm afraid I don't. They announced this week that their drummer was leaving the band. Um, mm. And I don't know whether they're going to continue, because they've all got side projects and stuff. I hope they do. Right. Their last album wasn't the best. They've been on a bit of a downward trajectory last couple of albums, if I'm honest. But I, I, I thought about them this week, and I thought, I can't believe I've never nominated them, for that's besides the point. If we were doing... I can't remember. How many songs did we do for Desert Island Disc? Was it five? Ten, I think. I think we did... Do we do ten? The normal ten. How did they not get Maybe it's eight. Ten? Oh, well, if we did I, I can't do remember. ten, they'd have been number nine and ten for me. Uh, so I'm gonna nominate. Which song should I nominate? I'm gonna whatever their most recent. Oh no, that's Deacon Blue randomly started playing. Um, the Perils of Shuffle. I'm gonna nominate mm. While You're Waiting by Alkaline Trio. That's my favourite song this week. Fair enough, Matt. Yeah. Um, I'm just having a look through my Spotify, see what I've been listening to recently. If there's anything that I. C- it's all. I don't just want to repeat myself, you know. Oh my god, Soft Machine, String Cheese Incident, Gilgamesh, Rain, Amoeba Split. I've been hitting that Amoeba Split album very hard. Um, Should we just nominate the Tears of the Kingdom soundtrack? <laughs> it's pretty good. Mm. You know, it's fair enough. Um, hmm. Give me one more moment, Matt. Tell you what. Let's pop into this playlist that I've not actually played for a while. Um, There you go. Tell you what. Uh, Good song, if you've never heard it before. Destination Unknown by Missing Persons. Oh, okay. That's that's an underrated gem of sort of 80s post-punk new wave whatever it's good i like it good stuff good stuff (laughs) there we go (laughs) really giving it my all this week for that segment yeah it's too hot to think Mm. it really is um so what's the best thing you've eaten over the past fortnight um this could I, I say this all the time with this segment because it, I, I I never think I never think to make a note throughout the fortnight so it's usually something I've eaten in the last forty eight hours. Having said that, uh, our our little family unit were up on Sutton Bank today, and it's too hot to be up there, they... David. <laughs> we went fairly early. You're exposed in the day. to the elements. 
<laughs> You've, but also, we've got a rambunctious four-year-old who needs to burn off a bit of energy. So we were mostly sat on a picnic bench under a shady tree, just sort of watching from a distance whilst he sort of ran around like a lunatic. Um, but... I, I don't I because I wasn't the one picking up the ice cream I was I was sat with the dog I can't tell you what what um what brand of ice cream they stock up at the Sutton Bank I would imagine it's probably is it Brymore is the is the local yeah one? yeah 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 um whoever it is let's say it's Brymore the honeycomb ice cream that I had today on Sutton Bank was amazing oh wow it was so good. Um, I don't think that's been topped, in all honesty, in recent days. I might go ice cream as what well. What about you, man? I did make some really good cheeseburgers yesterday. My, my initial nomination was just going to be the buns that I used for the cheeseburgers yesterday. But, <laughs> um, I had some... I think it's part of their Sunday range. I had some Ben & Jerry's Banoffee Pie ice cream. And oh my, Ooh. it was good. Yeah. Yeah. It was basically good just stuff. that fake banana flavour and caramel. That does sound great. I, 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 though I will be honest, I, for me personally, I've never found a Ben & Jerry's flavour to top fish food. Oh really? I find that a bit sickly. That's my always... favourite is cinnamon roll, but they only seem to do that in the cinema. So there have been times right. where I've been to Clifton Moore Cinema, just got some ice cream and walked out. Not even gone to watch a film. <laughs> oh, well, you know, you're helping them keep the lights on. That's where they make most of their profit anyway. Yeah. I remember, have I been to the cinema recently? I went and watched Guardians of the Galaxy. What did I watch recently? I can't remember. That might be it. Mm. Yeah, um, I'm so out of the loop with with cinema releases and stuff. I'm I'm hoping. I don't think it'll oh, happen no. this year. I I'm remember. Thinking... I went and watched Spider Man yeah. across the multiverse. Spider Verse. Was it good? Ah, uh, it it's the Zelda Tears of the Kingdom of the movies, David. <laughs> it, it's it's better than it has any right to be. And yeah. whereas the first one is like quite, it's like a children's film. This one just isn't. Mm. It honestly, it, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. I really need to sort sort it out at some point. I I still not watched the first one. Oh really? It came out. Wait, yeah, wait till the second out. comes it, out and watch them back yeah. to back. I, I may well end up doing that. The, the trouble I had was it, it came out around the time that Little Zorbs was born. Mm -hmm. And that was the point at which I suddenly just couldn't go to the cinema anymore. It was just a logistical nightmare I, to even attempt it. I, I think if you um, watch them and, back to back, because I watched the first yeah. one because I haven't seen it since it was in the cinema. And I yeah. think I got more out of it by watching them close together. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I will most likely do that uh, when when the second one's available to rent. Um, it's just having an evening free to be able to watch a film oh, yeah. is really hard for me at the moment. 
Um, and it's not something that I would want to just watch in stages. Yeah, I think that's and fair. also and also it it's the kind of thing where like give it give it another four years, and little Zorbs will be the right age for it. Yeah. He's just he's not there yet. So yeah, it's it's just um, a lot of that kind of stuff's just a bit on hold for me at the moment, really. Um, but I am very very keen to watch it in in the fullness of time. Um, I mean, I'd certainly have a lot more time for that sort of thing if I didn't have to watch two episodes of Torchwood every fortnight. <laughs> Do you know what? I haven't even done listeners' tweets this week. No. No. Do, do, should we do that now? Say again. Oh, do, you mean you didn't even solicit any? No, I didn't even ask for them. I've been that busy mm. and tired that I just haven't. Um, well, should we just make? Tell you what. What have you got a Chat GPT account? Oh, do I? Here we go. Why do you get Chat GPT to ask us some questions? Right, introducing. Now the best thing is, David. Um, when you say, "Do I have one?" I've logged in yeah. with the podcast's email, so you know it, it's welcome to both of us. <laughs> All right, here we go. Yeah, I want this. Right. Send message. Please ask us some questions for our Doctor Who podcast. It's just having a little think. Who's your favourite Doctor and why? It's quick fire, David. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I, I, I always... I, my cop-out answer is always just the Doctor. Um, Capaldi. It's Capaldi, isn't it? Yeah. Weirdly, my, Smith weirdly, my brain went them. Colin Baker. Which Doctor Who episode has the most <laughs> memorable villain? It's obviously Anthony Ainley. What do you think, David? Oh, most memorable. Um, I mean, it is the Master, but I, I'm going to be honest. I'm... I, for me, it's got to be Delgado because I I distinctly remember watching uh, a Delgado um, era uh, Doctor Who story when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and it uh, he made an impression. How has Doctor Who influenced popular culture since its inception? Uh, it hasn't. Good. It's had no bearing. <laughs> no, I joke. I, I joke, of course. I don't know. I, the thing is, I think Doctor Who. Doctor Who follows trends more than it sets trends. Um, but it follows them in fascinating... Like, any any sort of trend in science fiction or popular culture goes through this weird Doctor Who prism and comes out <laughs> kind of wonky. Right. And that's really charming. Which, which companion had the most significant impact on the Doctor's character development and why? Barbara and Ian. Okay. If you could travel with the Doctor to any point in time and space... Are you not going to answer any of these? Is it, is it all just me now? Uh, no, for me, I would say Dodo. Right, if you could travel with the Doctor to any point <laughs> in time and space, where would you go and why? Um, a 1977 Gentle Giant Geek. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and for why? No particular reason. 
I'd go back in time to when our podcast was good. Right. What are some of the most emotional moments in Doctor Who history, and how did they affect the viewer? Um, uh, probably the bit where uh, Mel tells uh, the Sixth Doctor that he should uh, uh, drink more carrot juice. Okay. And uh, the Doctor uh, responds with apoplectic rage at the notion of drinking carrot juice. Uh, mine's that I think bit that, where Robin I can't think of a more a impactful one. His ass. <laughs> How has the show evolved <laughs> over the years and what are the, some of the most notable changes in storytelling or production? Oh, yes, I'll just quickly answer that with yeah. incredibly open-ended right, well, question I'll, about I'll the 60-year history. It used to be quite boring. Okay. Then John Pertwee happened. And then yeah. it was a little bit boring for a little bit. And then Colin Baker came along. Then yeah. Sylvester McCoy was there. Then it was really good because it wasn't on telly for about 15 years. <laughs> then Paul McGann was there and it was good. And then all of New Who's been great. Right. Which there you go. Doctor Who episode or story arc had the most unexpected plot twist? And how did it change the course of the series? Obviously, it's where we find out the Brigadier is a robot. Right. Next one, David. <laughs> In your opinion, what makes Doctor Who a timeless and enduring series? I mean, it's it's obvious, but it's it's regeneration in every sense. Not just the Doctor's character, but the show's um, need to constantly refresh itself and find new ways of being. Um, it's an unkillable idea. Okay. And if you could bring back any classic Doctor Who character or monster, who would it be and how would you reintroduce them? I'd say it's Dodo Chaplin... Working at a bread factory. <laughs> the end. Excellent. Possible. Or, that's, that's a doable or, one, I think. Or Carcass, that big muscle man. <laughs> what, from a comic book? Yeah. Um, who was brought to life in the land of fiction. Yeah. Which exists outside of time and space. Yeah. Bring him back. <laughs> yeah, that one. That, yeah, I mean, to be fair, again, uh, you could do it. You could do it. I I wouldn't be at all surprised if RTD just says, hey, guess what, guys? We're going to go back to the land of fiction. Wow. For series 15 or something. This is scary. I, I sent a message saying, thanks, chat GPT. And it said, you're welcome. I'm glad I could assist you. Enjoy your podcast recording. And if you have any more questions or need further assistance, feel free to ask. Have a fantastic time discuss, discussing Doctor Who. I'm just going to put screw you. <laughs> screw you if you're going to be like that. <laughs> if you're going to be like that. I apologise if my previous response was not what you were expecting. As an NI model, I'm here to help. If there's anything specific you need, let me know and I'll do my best. No. Leave me alone. <laughs> I just keep saying I apologise. Stop apologising. <laughs> understood. Ah, instead of saying I'm sorry, it just says understood. 
Well done. You've managed to effectively browbeat an AI into submission. I hate you. I'm sorry <laughs> if this makes you feel that way. Stop. Matt, I could do this I, all I, evening. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think we need I, to move I, on. I worry this doesn't bring out the best in you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm just really, really <laughs> fearful of Judgment Day. Okay. I was raised All on right, the good then. Terminator film, so I fear artificial intelligence. I think that's fairly rational, to be honest. Um, right then, Matt. I, I, I guess we, we, we can't prevaricate any longer. Let, should we discuss these two dreadful episodes of Torchwood? I, I, I'm going to contest that point. Okay. They're, they're not good. But I, th- I think no. one is considerably worse than the other. Okay, um, I, I, I'll be interested to know which of the two, because I, I would agree with that, and I wonder if we think, uh, if we're thinking of the same episode. So um, the two episodes in question are, I believe, uh, firstly, Dead Man Walking. Correct. And then secondly, A Day in the Death. Which of those would you say is the superior of the two? Well... It's, it's got the worst title in the world, but A Day in the Death, I thought, was a lot better than Dead Man Walking. I would agree. Um, I, I would say that it, it, it scores points for the inclusion of two specific things, which we will get to in due course. Yeah. Uh, but, for, but first of all, we need, we need to discuss um, Dead Man Walking. Yep. Right. Do you want to kick us off, off Matt? So this is episode 7 of series 2 from the 20th mm-hmm. of February 2008. It's written by Matt Jones and in the loosest way possible it's directed by Andy Goddard. I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I've, I've started my notes, David, with mm-hmm. a four-word sentence. Can you guess what my first sentence was. Um, something like, uh, I wonder if they will uh, commit to the idea of Owen being dead. Oh, no, they haven't. Oh, no, it's, it's not even at that level, David. I totally forgot Owen was dead. I just put, I forgot Owen died. <laughs> yeah, it, it is sort of weirdly tossed off at the end of the episode, Uh uh, the the pre- preceding one, isn't it? But these episodes make no lasting impression on me. Two weeks later, no. I I couldn't tell you what the episode was called. I think it had a big bug in it. I can't remember what the other episode we watched last time was. Like, there's no through line here for me. No. Right. So Martha's doing the autopsy, but Jack intervenes and halts it. And he says... Yeah. You know, I'll be back. So he goes to visit a little girl who does tarot readings. So he mm-hmm. can help. So she can help, sorry, look for it. Yeah. And um, No, go on. Well, I, I guess almost instantly what it is. But yeah, I, I, I thought that I thought they'd already found two last series. No, they'd only ever had the one. Right. And I think they got rid of that one. I can't remember. After the incident with Susie. 
Yeah, that's what that's what I thought, but I can't. I I, I thought at the end they found a second one. I can't remember. Or did they just say mm. gloves always come in pairs? There was something I about think them they always alluded, wasn't there? Yeah, I think it's something that Ianto alluded to at the time. Mm. But so yeah. it's in a church full of weevils. It wouldn't be Torchwood without yeah. our weekly use of the weevil costume. Um, <laughs> yes, indeed. But it's not just full of weevils. It's full of dolls and tin cans. Right. What? Yeah. What? What are Cardiff City Council doing? Also, what a torch we're doing. I thought like their basic thing was was rounding up the weevils. Like that was their bread and butter work, right? Yeah. They're everyone. If anything, the weevils are the indigenous people of Cardiff. <laughs> it's starting to feel that way. Right. So he opens the box. Uh, it's one of the life gloves. Or Of course it is. Don't they give it like a pithy nickname it last series? And then I've forgotten it already. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, But what I was going to say about this whole opening sequence, it felt very RTD to me and not in a good way. No. The whole jarring whiplash, you know, starting from like, oh no, Owen's dead. Don't worry, I'm going to go to this weird six-year-old girl that does tarot reading. She's going to tell me to look in an old, weird, abandoned church. Oh, go look in the church with... <clears throat> we'll follow the prophecy and we find the glove. And it's just, I'll tell you what it specifically reminds me of. It's all that nonsense at the start of the end of time uh, where they resurrect the, the master by using magic potions and ancient texts that have God. never been referred to at any point in the preceding run of episodes. Just to confirm, um, David, its nickname is the Risen Mitten. Yeah, the risen mitt. Good God. Yeah, it's not right. great. Um, but anyway, and, and and to be clear, it's stuff like that that is exactly the reason why I'm very lukewarm at the prospect of RTD coming back as showrunner. Because whilst that guy was capable of knocking it out the park sometimes, could we please not pretend that his run was some kind of perfect, you know blemish-free, spotless record. It, it really wasn't. No. no. Then I've just written yeah. several lines where I'm like, I can't remember where this glove went or came from. Is there one in the vault? Yeah. Did they find two last series? Is this from a second pair? What is going on? But, either way, they take it back to Torchwood HQ and bring Owen back. Uh, yeah. Tosh says that she loves him, whereas Jack just says, mm-hmm. I need the morgue code. And then I've written, yep. this time he dies properly, except he doesn't. Yeah. Get used to that, this episode. Mm. Yeah. Um, the glove does a little twitch when no one notices, and it's changing Owen, because he faints into darkness and grows big black the cold, dead eyes of a crab. <laughs> yeah. So, he, he's quite yeah. clearly possessed or turning evil or something. So, he runs off and Jack goes to hunt him. Mm-hmm. This this bit is awful. They get arrested. And 
Owen's like, oh, I'm special ops. I work for Torchwood. And Jack's doing like a Cockney accent. And he's like, special ops, more like special needs. John Barrowman is not a good actor. He's not, is he? No. And then, what did you make of the bit where they're in the police cell? Um, one of the most baffling pieces of television I think I've ever borne witness to. Yeah. In all honesty, Matt. But, like, they, um, they used to do that level of spew on Little Britain. And it was yeah, meant to be, like, an it's... ironic comedy thing. But here, it's just like, oh, yeah. I've had too much to drink. And then he projectile vomits and lets out a little fart. Yeah, and it's just, and and they do they do all that nonsense, and then they try and do this like really heartfelt, like oh you don't value life until you don't have it anymore, You're like some kind of serious heart to heart scene. Presumably, whilst the entire floor is just caked in stomach acid. And uh, and undigested beer and like it, and, and like no one in the police station notices any of this is happening or grabs a mop or like what is going on like it just it's it is world breakingly bad. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? it's like I don't understand how anyone can sign off on something like that when it is only going to serve to just just wrench people out of the drama that you are trying to create Uh, yeah truly mind boggling stuff yeah yeah not great um, no. So Tosh checks the CCTV and sees Owen's big black eyes. Um, some weevils come to attack Jack and Owen, but they then kneel because Owen's their leader. Their leader yeah. who has a hunger for Earth when Tosh translates it. Now, I, I, I've come to expect this, David, but in every episode of Torchwood, I can point at the screen and say, this is the exact moment I'm clocking out. This episode is not good. And yeah, it's the introduction of the Black Death Prophecy. Because <laughs> yes. it, it turns yeah. out that Owen is not King of the Weevils, but he is Death Incarnate or something. Yeah, I think that's what they're going for. Like, he's somehow being inhabited by, by the spirit of the concept of death. This, I mean, I was going to mention it earlier. When he's got the black eyes and he's doing the sort of weird, sort of sub Lovecraftian chanting and whatnot, I was thinking, ah, oh, this kind of reminds me of the possession stuff in Impossible Planet. Planet. Yeah. Imagine if they tied to Only that because that is a good. great episode. Mm. But no, Torchwood is just like ghosts and evil and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Well, uh, the, the other thing I was going to say was I think the other way in which it's comparable is that that story is is a sort of fairly innocuous two-parter in the, in, in the sort of middle of series two in which the Doctor fights the literal devil. 
And it's like, it's weird that the stakes of it seem like that should at the very least be a series finale, you'd think. Mm. But it's not. It's just randomly in the middle of a series. And here we've got Torchwood tangling with the literal, the sort of, the, yeah, the the concept of death, death as some kind of mythical being um and again it's just a random single part story in the middle of a season um yeah it it never it never ceases to amaze me torchwood's ability to introduce a massive idea and piss it up the wall in the space of 45 minutes it it's terrible isn't it right so yeah, uh, death's coming. It's got to kill thirteen people. In the past, it only killed twelve. Whatever. So Owen wants yeah. to be embalmed to prevent any further progression of his possession. <coughs> and yeah. it's at this point. Imagine writing this as a sentence in any other context. The glove comes alive, so Owen shoots it to bits. This causes Martha to age one hundred years. <laughs> yeah. Why is Martha well, again, old? If, if, you, if if you weren't already checked out of this story, surely the the, the magical alien resurrection gauntlet currently sc- uh, suddenly scuttling around doing uh, uh, the thing from Adam's family. Is yeah. enough to make you think, no, what are we doing here, guys? Yes, and then, doesn't it... T- I think it touches Martha in order to age her, doesn't it? Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. She, um, she's I'm, old, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she gets old. I'll be honest, Matt. I watched this at 1.5 speed <laughs> to oh, really? through it. So I might have missed that detail, but... Um, yeah, also... Uh, I mean, no offence to people who are just doing their day job with probably far more limited resources than they needed in order to do a good job. But that ageing makeup on Freema Adjuman is terrible. Yeah. Like, it's so unconvincing. Yeah. It, it basically just looks like someone's like crinkled up a shopping bag and then painted over it or something. <laughs> <laughs> um... Right. Like, I mean, oh, sorry, I, I, forgot, I forgot the end of that sentence. Oh, right, okay. Uh, Owen goes so evil, he smokes out a monster. <laughs> yeah, he does. That does happen. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's not good, is it? Right. Oh, uh, it's, no, no, it's very poor. Yeah, so... Uh, the monster is Duroc. Doesn't mean anything. It's irrelevant, but they make a big fuss about it. Uh, so yeah. they take Martha to the hospital, where Duroc is killing people in hospital, except one lad who has headphones in. So he can't hear yeah. the evacuation. And that, if anything, that's the good point in this episode, where I pressed pause... And thought for about five minutes about what would happen if a hospital was on fire. I was like, what do they actually mm-hmm. do? That would be a nightmare. <laughs> and then after about it five minutes of really deep thought, I was like, oh, yeah, I've got to watch Torchwood. Um, 
So, Owen kisses Tosh and plans to death, death. So, mm-hmm. so, which involves fighting a big CGI skeleton. Yeah, seems that way, doesn't it? I don't know. The ending's an absolute mess here, isn't it? Like, there's an, an interesting kind of poignant bit where Owen talks to the young lad about fighting illness. And, yeah. You know, yeah. how important it is to keep up the desire to live. But it's just mm-hmm. caught in amongst two or three really naff bits. Yeah. I mean, the, the one good thing I can say about this whole plot line is... For the first time in a while, it seems like Torchwood are at least trying to play to their strengths. Like, they've realised, ah, we've got an actually genuinely fantastic actor here with Bern Gorman. Let's let's push him and use him in interesting ways. Um, But, yeah, unfortunately, the execution is... when, When we watched Martha's series... Of Doctor Who. I, I yeah. really didn't get on board with her as a character. Yeah. I think she's a better fit for Torchwood than 80% of the Torchwood cast. She works yeah. so much better in this sort of setting. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really hoping if the rumours of uh, a unit TV series are true, um, that they have... Freeman Regimen as a core cast member. Yeah, they they've got to. She's re- she is really good in this. She stands out as being, you know, yeah. yeah. better than the others. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Uh so yeah, Martha's young again. She says goodbye. Everyone gives her a kiss. The end. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Not good. Didn't 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 leave me hopeful. For this next episode. Uh, the other thing that I think at this point between the episodes we'll, we'll quickly touch on. The whole concept of, of, of how they've... Excuse me, sorry, one second. Just the dog. Um, how they have executed the whole notion of um, Owen being dead but not dead really confuses me. Mm. So they're basically saying like, he doesn't breathe... His heart's not pumping. He's, you know, he's he's biologically, there's nothing going on. And yet, presumably, his brain is still working. His muscles, he's able to control them in the same way that he could when he was alive. We're told he's not breathing, but you can clearly hear him taking intakes of breath before he speaks. Because... I think that is too big of an ask of any actor to ask them to speak with whilst seeming like they can't breathe. <laughs> um, but the end result is it does it just on a fundamental level, it doesn't make sense what they're telling us. It's not possible for all of his physical systems to not be functioning. I mean, I guess that's the point, but like, do you know, I, I have a really hard time wrapping my head around that because like the evidence of my own eyes is contradicting <laughs> that. And it seems like they're basically cherry picking which things that they, they claim his body can and can't do. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, don't worry. We'll get onto that with the second episode. Good, good. Well, we say second. It's like a little three-part of this, and it still doesn't seem to be finished. It is, yeah. I mean, again, I um, it's nice that we're finally getting a bit of a through line. It's weird that it's coming this late in the season, and it's also weird that it's it's all putting the spotlight on Owen rather than Captain Jack, because it seemed early doors they were setting up a big story arc with Captain Jack with, like, you know, mm-hmm. a ghost from his past and, you know, talks of his, you know, talk of his, you know, uh, personal history and stuff. And that, that seems to have gone absolutely nowhere. No. Right, should we do A Day in the Death? What an awful title. Let's do it. It's... It's first draft level, isn't it? Um, hold on, just let me... I just want to check, because... Yeah. The thing I was going to talk about, I can't work out if it was... It must have been in the last episode. The one bit I wanted to point out as, like, bad direction. There's a bit where... What's that? Because he's dead. I might be in this episode... They, they ask him to hand in his credentials and his gun. And no, that's this one coming up, I right. think. Right, well, I'll talk about it now, anyway. There's a bit yeah. where they say, oh, we need your gun. And he pulls his gun out of a holster around his back. And I don't know uh-huh. who did the sound design for this episode, but it sounds like he's reloading a Kalashnikov. Like, he just <laughs> literally pulls it from a pocket and hands it over, but it like goes... <laughs> As if he's like working some sort of mechanical gun, and yeah, I, I, I rewound it. I did like the back ten seconds a few times on iPlayer, and I was just like, "Who, who's okay that?" Because you can, you, you can't yeah. even hear the conversation honest, for it. To be honest, I think that's a bit of a feature of. It probably happens less than it used to, but like British TV is is a bit wonky when it comes to guns because so few people in Britain have any direct experience of guns. Like American TV and film, they are they they, they can be like pinpoint accurate when it comes to gun stuff because you'll have at least ten people on the crew who are like gun have a gun license and are experts. Well, just in their own personal I, life. I remember. Um, um, and probably one or two who, who were victims of mass shootings. Let's not... Should, I'm not saying oh, that America's got the right idea when it comes to guns. They clearly haven't. But, but there is a certain... What I guess I'm driving at is there is a certain naivety in how British TV uses guns. So I'll, I'll give you an example of British naivety yeah. around guns. Um, I've I've been clay pigeon shooting quite a few times, and the first time I right. went, I had big ear defenders on, and mm-hmm. shouted pull, pulled the trigger, and it just kind of like went, and I was like, oh, that's not that loud. I'm just gonna take my ear defender off one ear just to see how loud it really is. David, it's really my fucking God. loud. Yeah, no, don't, that, really I do loud. I don't know what was in the mere defenders, but they 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 were doing the Lord's work. Yeah, yeah. Right, should we get into this? Let's do it. 
A Day in the Death, Season 2, Episode 8, from the 27th of February, 2008. Written by Joseph Lidster and directed by Andy Goddard. Um, mm. We open with Owen reflecting on his life. He's still alive, but still dead. And he's going mm. to jump off a building. Uh, there's a girl yeah. up there with him, and he shows her that he's been shot. Okay. In fact, this is the exact point in which it flashes back to Jack relieving him of duty so he can be examined. Martha is joining Torchwood in the short term to replace him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, this is the episode where they all say bye to Martha. I've confused these two episodes a lot. It's because I barely wrote any notes. Um, Ianto yeah. teaches Owen how to make coffee. Um I mean, it's really simple. I don't know why Owen loses his temper and says he can't do it. Um, yeah. Come uh, on, put your socks up, mate. <laughs> uh, Martha assesses Owen. I quite like this scene, where she's basically saying he's biologically dead. And we yeah. find out there's somebody who's collecting alien stuff. Um, what did mm-hmm. you think of the Tintin conversation, David? Didn't think it was necessary. <laughs> Just... It's just childish, isn't it? It really is. I mean, where do you stand on Tintin? I don't mind You're it. Fan? I, I used to watch it. It used to be on Channel 4 a lot when I was like in the half term. Yeah. So it used to be like cartoons and yeah. then every day it signed off with a Tintin adventure. I don't mind them. I, I, I would get a lot of Tintin comics out of my library as a kid. Um... Usually only, though, when they didn't have any Asterix books in that I hadn't already read. And I was always a little disappointed that they just... They'd have their moments of humour, but they were not funny in the way Asterix books were funny. Um, you know. I, as, as time's worn on, I think I appreciate them more on their own terms. Um, you know. Not, 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 not so much the racism. No. <laughs> but... But you know, you know they they were, yeah. We don't we don't need to be having a pop at Tintin unnecessarily. I think. No. No. Right. Um. So, uh, he cuts his hand, but it won't heal because there's no biology going on. He's got no mm-hmm. defense mechanisms, so they just stitch him up. And it's at this yeah. point we find out Owen's retelling all of this to the girl up on the roof. Yeah. Um, Jack lives forever. Owen dies forever. I thought that was quite a nice little thing to say. Kind of yes, yeah. All. Yeah. Like, they have a pretty good conversation going on. Yeah, it's one, it's one of the... It, 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 it lands more than their heart-to-heart in the previous episode in the jail cell. That's... Yeah, definitely. Um, this really took me back to the time this episode would have been released, because Owen has got an iPod video, which I remember <laughs> buying with my student loan. Wow. Uh, did did the music that he was listening to on his iPod video take you back? Uh, absolutely not, no. Uh, I'm a big fan. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a track called Atlas by a band called Battles, they're a sort of math rock band. Um, that I quite like. And so one of the plus points for this episode for me was that they just threw in a battles track, right. which was unexpected. 
And I thought it was quite well used because it's used in this montage of him kind of throwing out in a rage all of this stuff that he no longer needs, like food and hygiene products and things like that. And then he's just kind of sat in this big empty flat, just kind of staring, like just nothing. Like, how do you live when you're not alive? And it's cut to uh, the sort of the, the ending of that track, uh, which has this thing where it almost sounds like it's glitching. It's like it, it's repeating these little half-formed phrases uh, for a few bars, but like it, cutting and stopping at, at, at weird points. Um, and I just thought that was quite an effective use of, some, of a quite unexpected bit of music. Like, I did not go into the episode expecting to hear battles. So, yeah. The first of a couple of little treats for me in this in this episode. I think you can probably guess what the other little treat is. Yeah, we'll get to that. But we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. Uh, yeah. So he throws all the food out of his flat. Because uh, obviously yeah. he can't eat it or he'll spew it all back up again. And Tosh goes to see him. Uh, we find out mm. the girl who's sort of stood on the roof with Owen. It's her wedding anniversary and her husband died in a crash an hour after they were married. People had told her it was going to get better. It hasn't. That's why she's mm-hmm. contemplating taking her own life. Okay. Owen becomes yeah. quite sharp with Tosh. Says he's got nothing to give her. He doesn't understand why, you know, she insists on them having a positive relationship. Uh, so, in an act of defiance, he breaks his finger, runs off, and jumps off the pier. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be honest, we've all done it, Matt. Yeah. We've all gotten a little bit heated in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Broken our finger and run, run off, off the pier. The pier. Uh, but Captain Jack's there <laughs> and pulls him out. Yeah. Um, so, Owen's really in a stupor. He feels useless. Until he overhears a conversation where they're planning to break into this alien artifact collector's house. And it's got heat Mm -hmm. sensors to stop intruders. Um, He doesn't have any body heat, so he can get past the detectors. But his body's basically made of meringue. So if he gets punched, he will (laughs) not heal and die. I don't know, he's already dead. Something bad will happen. He'll just have a hole punched right yeah. through him, like Wile E. Coyote. Just, I guess he'll just keep getting more and more mangled, yeah. is the thing. I want it to be time. like uh, yeah. Daffy Duck. Like, he gets punched in the jaw and his jaw spins around his head. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He has to yeah. pull it back into place. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I'd be there for that. Um. So, we've got that. The heat detectors... Oh, what did you think of the bit where he does break in and shorts the electricity? It was a little silly, wasn't it? I don't know. It was... it To me, it felt almost like they were going for a kind of... Um, Oh, what's what? I'm, it, it, almost like not 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 a sort of standard superhero kind of thing, but it felt very comic booky. I do you know what I mean? When he pulled like, his hands out and he had wires, I was like, "Is that like mm. his hand fried to bits?" I thought it was just his skeleton. <laughs> right. Uh, it took me a while to yeah. work out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he shorts the electricity and breaks him, but he's eventually spotted by another guard. 
who is able to overpower. And I, I thought, if his yeah. body's so weak, surely hitting someone in the face with, like, gun-whipping someone would probably do him some damage, but apparently not. Like, mm-hmm. it's inconsistent how his body works. Um, but, yeah, yeah, he gets into the collection where he speaks with Henry Parker, who is old, is dying, but believes he has a thing called the pulse, which is keeping him alive. Owen explains and that is, is play- not the is case. And is played by... Is played by... Um, I can't remember the actor's name. I didn't write it down. I did have the Wikipedia wrong. Rich- yeah, Richard Briers. There you go. Which is the second of two treats for me. Because mm. I did not expect Richard Briers to just be popping up in this. No, you don't expect um, anything good to happen in Torchwood. No, no. So, um, best known um, as um, Tom Good from The Good Life. Mm. Very popular British sitcom of the 1970s. Um, Actually, a really to... good underrated sitcom. People don't talk about The Good yeah, Life enough. Yeah. That's the thing. It's one of those, a lot of 70s sitcoms, you know, uh, uh, British sitcoms, you you literally you could not show them now because they are just just utterly riddled uh, to the core with homophobia and misogyny and racism and just really awful stuff but uh, the good life i think does a really good job of um satirizing um middle class attitudes in the 1970s um, without it doing so in a way that feels too broad um, mm-hmm. it's it's really sort of character driven in a good way and genuinely holds up to, to modern viewing um, and a lot of that is down to the central uh, cast of which Richard Bryars was a very important part um, the well, other thing it's not his most he important is... role no are you going to mention his Doctor Who role because that's what I was getting to no, I wasn't. Oh, right, because I was going to mention that he also plays uh, a brilliantly cartoonish villain in uh, a Seventh Doctor story, which I, I'm going to put my foot down, is going to be the, the, the Seventh Doctor story that we watch next time. Okay. No, I, I was uh, actually really looking forward going to, to, with no context, just cut in the theme from Rhubarb, because... <laughs> Imagine being an American listener and listening to the rhubarb theme. Because Richard Briers did all the voices for rhubarb and custard. He did. He did. Yeah, please put it in, Matt. Yeah. And and don't don't half-arse it. Put it in at an uncomfortably loud volume. Yeah, I'll put it in and then I'll go into the metrics when I'm uh, editing (laughs) and make that noticeably louder. Yes, please do. Also, you know how rhubarb's a big okay. green dog? Yeah. And you know Custard is a chubby pink cat? Yeah. According to Wikipedia, they're cousins. Oh, right, are they? Yeah. That, yeah, how does that work? Don't know. Don't know. 
Yeah. Never mind. Anyway, we could talk about rhubarb all day. So. We could. Uh, where are we up to? Yeah. He thinks the pulse is keeping him alive, except it isn't. Uh, Owen explains mm-hmm. that to him and says, you know, it's not going to bring you any comfort. So he gives Owen the pulse, which Owen says, thank you. I'm going to help you until you pass. I will take responsibility for you. Blah, blah, blah. And he just dies yeah. immediately. So Owen can't even do <laughs> CPR because he doesn't breathe. So that's why he potentially wanted to jump because, you know, yeah. he was unable to help this old guy. Yeah. Uh, the pulse energy grows dangerously large and Owen says, don't worry, I'll take it. I'll absorb it. To which Tosh says, mm-hmm. I love you. And I, I didn't really get this. Did he absorb it or did it just do nothing? Like, what's going on here? Well, he explains to the lady on the roof what it was. Yeah, later. but like, it just crescendos to nothing. Because it turns out it's, yeah, it's nothing. Well, I think, it, it's just... Yeah, it's harmless. Yeah, we used to send messages into space to see if anyone was out there. This is just a response. So it mm-hmm. sings to him, it does some weird lights. Um, and it's at this point they all and- say goodbye to Martha. Yeah. Uh, so I will say I really like that as an idea, as a, as an explanation for the for the sort of alien MacGuffin of the week, because it's very very rare that Torchwood gives us an optimistic view of alien life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always out to get you. It's always gross and and horrible and mean and murderous. And this was just like. Yeah, no, some some aliens just sent some of their tunes back. Yeah. They were like, yeah, thanks for the CV, guys. Here you go. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I thought that was a rather sweet note. Um, yeah. Uh, so Owen admits to Tosh that he is scared. And after mm-hmm. that, he leaves. And it turns out he didn't go up to the roof to jump at all. As he was walking past, he found the picture the girl had dropped of her and her husband, and he actually went up there to help. And yeah. in my final question, is Owen still dead? I think so. Is this yeah, secret three-parter an even more secret four-parter? Have we been Trojan horse to four-parter? It's possible that. We, we will have to find out in about a month's time. <laughs> I'll have forgotten because, everything uh, that's listen, going on by now. Yeah, but I'm sticking to the plan, listeners. So uh, our next episode, we are going to be discussing uh, the Big Finish 50th anniversary release, The Light at the End. Find it if you can. If you can't, don't worry. Join us anyway. We'll still have a lot of extraneous no, chit-chat if, before we if, get into If you that really one. want to listen to it, send me a message. I'll give you David's login to his Big Finish account. <laughs> right. We've had this deal every time we do Big Finish. Just, just you know, slide into my DMs. and I'll there's, there's, there's a lot of good stuff on there. I, 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 I but, recently got the uh, the first series of uh, Pat Nostergang. Uh, well, I've, I've actually been uh, using your Big Finish account. Yeah, yeah, I've been. What have you been listening to on it? Some Benice Summerfield, but I guess we'll talk about that next week. 
Yeah. Ah, we got that joke in, David. I totally forgot about it earlier. People thought we'd stop yeah, doing that joke. It's it here in. to stay. And it's let's be clear, it's just for you, Matt. Oh, I'm the only person that enjoys it. No, nobody else. Has... I've yeah, snipped all those bits out. That's this year's Christmas compilation. We had that massive A to Z five-hour episode last year. We're going to have 20 yeah. minutes of me going, yeah, beneath Summerfield, we'll do that next week, shall we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, so uh, so a couple of weeks from now, light at the end. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. I hope Matt will too. Um, and then we'll dust off uh, Torchwood to, to close out that series in due course. Uh, so anyway, do join us for that. Until next time, as always... Thanks for listening, and until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com, and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.